Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Good morning, Freedom Church. Welcome to those watching online and those here on site this morning. I just want to just say thank you for uh, your faithfulness and your praying and your serving and your giving. Though 2020 has been an up and down year because of your faithfulness, we've been able to pick up brand new missionaries. We've been able to, this past week, we went to the Williamson County Juvenile Detention Center. We were able to give, give, provide gifts and meals. We went to orphanage the week before. We have given gifts to the girls at Teen Challenge. We've done ministry all throughout this time because of your faithfulness, because of your praying, because of your serving, because of your giving. And I want to just thank you thank you so much and uh those of us we know uh as sunny alluded to in the video that 2020 cares act can affect some people and that would be if you have an itemized deduction and you're giving 100 of your salary you can write off if you give it to a nonprofit. so that is amazing and thank god for that and if you want to have your for your tax purposes get all your money in for 2020 man make sure you make that gift and we thank you so much because this is what we're believing i want you to pray with me i'm believing in 2020 21, even in the midst of a pandemic, that God is going to set us up in a place where we're finally going to break ground on our new piece of property. How many of you guys believe in that with me? Um, man, pray with that, believe that with me, and we're going to see some amazing, incredible things. I'm so excited about uh, Christmas Eve service this morning. I was with Miss Sunny and her team, and the kids are going to be so cute. Santa, I hear, is going to be here. The Grinch. We got cocoa, hot cocoa and cookies, and uh, man, apple cider, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time. 3.30 and 5. Make sure to invite a friend. We're excited about Christmas service. And we're closing the, our series, Christmas Carols. And, man, I'm so thankful for the team we have. Pastor Osi is going to share with us this morning. Give it up for Pastor Osi. Man, did I get this thing? It's on. All right, we're good. Man, can you all believe Christmas is here? Like, it's, it's here. Like, four days, five days. Not good at math. But anyways, man, we were wrapping up Christmas Carols. Have y'all liked this series? I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. But before we get into that, I just have a question for you this morning. How many people love dogs up in here? No, like you love dogs. We're going to give away a puppy this morning. No, you're saying you're, you weren't that excited. Okay, so me and my wife, we love animals we have way too many. Like, we don't even have a farm, but we have way too many animals, and we love our dogs. We have a couple of pictures of our dogs. I know this is weird. We don't have kids, so just bear with me, all right? But these are our dogs, and we try to take our dogs with us everywhere, and there's a reason why dogs are man's best friend. Like, they're just loyal. Look how cute they are. They're just on the couch. And the thing about dogs, man, you can yell at them. You can scream at them, and, like, what happens? They, like, come with you in their way, and they're like, I love you, so just like, you're dumb. Like, I just yell at you, and you're like, love me so much. And I, I read some stories about dogs. Man, dogs are just so loyal, aren't they? <laughs> Every, wait, we, we even got to the, like, the altar call. Everybody's crying right now. <laughs> I was not, that's not the reaction we had first. You all actually cried. Sorry, no, like, I feel it too. Like, it's sad. But the whole point of that is, like, man, dogs are loyal. And I'm not trying to compare, like, God to a dog or anything, but I really feel like that's how God is with us. Like, he's just so loyal to us. He just wants to be with us. He loves us so 
much. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more today as we go into our Christmas carol, Emmanuel. And something that I've really enjoyed about uh, this series is we're getting a little bit of the backstory on the songs. And I just want to give you the history of this song. It is one of the oldest Christmas songs that we sing, dating back to the ninth century. Guys, that means that we've been singing this song for twelve over 1,200 years. That's crazy. And it was discovered by a priest named John Mason Neal. We don't know who the actual original writer is, but John Mason Neal in the 19th century brought this song to life. And what he would do is he would travel around and he would take two choirs and they would sing the song and two choirs would sing, one choir would sing one part, the other choir would sing another part and they would go back and forth. And the reason they would do this is they wanted to paint this picture of the body of Christ coming together to tell the story of redemption from the Israelites to Jesus' birth. Isn't that cool? And so today, I want to talk to you about this idea, Emmanuel, God with us. And it's not a complicated story. In fact, if you're a note taker, you can thank me. I only got two points for you this morning. So it'll be nice and easy. Before we get into the preaching of God's word, would y'all pray with me? Ask God to be here with us today. Lord, we love you so much. I'm just thankful. I'm excited that we're getting into the Christmas season, God. And uh, Lord, I just pray for the people that are found in you, that are believers in Jesus Christ this morning. God, let this be a praise message. And for the people that don't know you, whether they're here in person or online, God, I pray this is a message that brings hope. We love you so much in your name. Amen. All right, so we're reading today out of Matthew 1, 18 through 24. If you got your Bibles, you see waving in the air like you just don't care. I'm just curious. There's a bunch of phones. All right. Well, we have it on the screens. It's all right. So we'll go and read it. It says, uh, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. He gave him the name Jesus. Man, powerful story. And how many of you know that there's going to be times in your life that you're going to face some challenges and you're going to need God to show up? You're going to need God to show up in a very real way. Like, doesn't life just have like a way of happening? Like issues just butt in your life out of nowhere, uninvited, unannounced, and pain as we know it, man, it has no prejudices. It'll come for any person at any time, but here's the good news of Christmas. We are reminded that we don't have to go through these things alone. But in fact, the Christmas story is God coming down to walk with us through every trial and every struggle we go through. And it's awesome. And I love Jesus. You see, Jesus, he has many names. There's a lot of names. He's known as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Prince of Peace, the Lion of Judah. But truth be told, out of all the names, my absolute favorite is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's who Jesus is. He's the God who gets with you in your mess. He's with you in the valleys. He gets in the storm with you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He doesn't abandon you. He is Emmanuel, God with you. 
And that's great news for us believers in Jesus Christ. That's exciting news. In fact, it was uh, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, probably one of the, the greatest preachers to ever walk this earth, where he found himself in a hospital room surrounded by his friends and family members, and with his last breath quoted, saying, and the best of all, God with us. And the best of all, God with us. And I'm, my prayer is that we go into this Christmas season, that we show up on Christmas Eve this Thursday, and that the last words on his lips will be the words on our heart today. So the first thing I need you to know about this word Emmanuel, yes, it means God with us, but the first point you have to understand is that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And shocking to me, it, it shocks me. I have met, I've talked to, and I understand there are a lot of people who believe that Jesus was a real person, that he did nice things, but they don't believe him to be God. In fact, they think maybe he was like this cult leader with this false religion. But you have to wrestle with that truth today, that Jesus wasn't just some nice guy. He wasn't a good leader. He wasn't just a good philosopher. He didn't just give us good pointers or morals to live, live by. But in fact, he was Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus is God. And this is what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about the fact that we could not get to God, so God came to us. And God gave us the best Christmas gift of all. He wrapped himself in flesh, bankrupted the heavens, and came down in the form of a little baby. In fact, this moment is known as the incarnation. That's what Christmas is. It's about reflecting on the incarnation of God coming to, to earth as a baby. And so you have to decide today. You have to decide today if you believe that. Yes, Jesus has many names. But at birth, God said, you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. You see, Jesus, he is a person, but he is a person who was fully man, yet he was fully God. You have to understand, he was fully man and fully God, yet he was unlike any other man. Have you ever stopped to think about this? Like outside of like Christmas and showing up at church and reading the little story and looking at the baby in a manger. Like, have you ever stopped to consider that it's been over 2,000 years? Over 2,000 years, y'all, and we're still celebrating his birth. This is crazy. And it, it makes me think that this, this, this has to be something supernatural. He can't just be a man. I'll tell you why he's not just a man, because he is a man who never wrote a single book Yet his book is the greatest seller in all history. He's, in fact, there are more books written about him than any other human in history. He's a man that never wrote a song, yet there are more songs about him than any other man in human history. He is a man that never rode on horseback, camel, or donkey more than 300 miles from his birthplace. Yet there's not a place you can go on the globe that doesn't pay homage to his name. It's because he wasn't an ordinary man. He was God in the flesh. He is Emmanuel. And you read this story. You read this Christmas story, and it's mind-blowing. Like, I mean, if you grew up in church, it's whatever, because you talk about this every year. But if you, you take all that away, read the story. It's a supernatural one. It's out of the ordinary. It's unreal. Because Jesus, you, you see this, this story. And if you don't know the story, I'll go over it really briefly. So, over 2,000 years ago, there was this little town called Nazareth, population about 1,600 people. 
And uh, there was this little girl named Mary. First off, let's rewind. I just thought about that for a second. Like 1,600 people, that's not a lot. Everybody knows your business, right? And so there's this little girl named Mary. And uh, theologians believe at the time she was probably between the ages of 14 to 15 years old. That's a, that's a young girl. And this angel Gabriel shows up to Mary and I don't know what Mary was doing on that day. I don't know if she was working. I don't know if she was playing, what she was doing. But the angel Gabriel shows up and says, hey, Mary, you're going to have a son. And it's going to be God's son. And Mary has a very practical question, right? She's like, well, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And he says, well, this will be through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like Mary would have been like, okay, yeah, all right. I think I, okay. Uh, do I tell my fiance or do you? Because that's gonna be kind of hard, right? And like, so I always try to put myself in these stories and try, like, could you all imagine if this happened today? I don't think it'd be much easier today than it was back then, right? So can you imagine like you're with your fiance at Torchy's Tacos and you're just enjoying like some chips and queso and you're married and you're like, well, honey, I got some big news. Uh, he's, he's probably like, man, did you get the wedding dress you want? No, no, it's bigger than that. Um, a lot bigger. Uh, I'm pregnant. And I can't imagine Joseph, like, I didn't do the research into this. So I don't know, like, how good the schooling systems were back then. But I'm sure Joseph realized there was a missing factor to the equation to equal a baby, right? And so he's like, uh, you know, kind of confused, Mary. Um, because I think something needs to happen for that to happen, right? Because he understands that the Bible says, the Bible calls it like they have not yet come together. And today we call it the hibbity-dibbity. But whatever you call it, whatever you call it, Joseph was like, who's, who's the father? And Mary's, that's the best part. That's the best part. I'm glad you asked. That's coming up around the corner. God. It's God's baby. Oh, okay. I'm going to be the stepdad. To, you know what? I don't know if he was angry, confused. I imagine I'd be a little angry, right? Like, man, you're my girl. I love you. God better take care of that baby. God better pay that baby's bills, right? Like, whatever, whatever he said. But, man, Joseph, it says that, like, he, he was a man of the law. He was a good Jew. So according to the law at that time, Joseph had every right to take Mary and have her stoned. He had every right to do that. But the Scripture says in Matthew 1.18, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had it in mind to divorce her quietly. And the scripture says that Joseph went to bed that night, and the angel woke him up from his sleep and, and told him, man, Mary's telling you the truth. Uh, she is going to have a son, and it's through the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be the Savior of the world. And he's going to forgive the sins of the world. And man, I get that Joseph saw an angel. I understand that. But why did Joseph still just go along with it? You have to remember, Joseph was a good Jew. He knew the Torah, the Old Testament, and he understood the prophecies. You see, as a little boy, he knew that the prophet Isaiah, 784 years earlier, had prophesied about this very moment. And in fact, it says in Isaiah 714, it says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Man, this is cool. Joseph realized in that very moment, man, this has to be a sign. 
something supernatural. And I, I need you to catch this. Joseph didn't just believe that Jesus was going to be a nice kid, an obedient kid. Joseph believed Jesus to be God. He believed him to be God. So if you're struggling with this idea, man, like, if, you, if you're going to go and convince a lot of people, like, with this false religion or false cult thing, and convince people that you're God, you're not going to start with your family members, Right? Like, imagine telling your mom, your dad, your brothers and sisters that you're God. Like, no, they're going to think you're crazy. But you look at the life of Jesus. You look at his story. And in fact, the people closest around him in proximity, his friends and family, they didn't just believe he was God. They died believing he was God. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote about Jesus in James chapter 1, verse 1. He said, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, he called his brother Lord. He called his brother Jesus Christ. And Jesus came with a mission. His mission was to come and to, to get you back. And all you have to do is to believe in him, to be saved by him. And what's crazy to me, that it's 2020. You look at the big picture, it's 2020. And Jesus is still fulfilling his mission. He's still in the business of getting people back. He's still doing the supernatural and extraordinary. But guys, if you want to see this, here's all you got to do. You just got to open your eyes. You just got to be like Joseph. Take the sleep out of your eyes and look for a sign. In fact, uh, this Thursday, a couple days ago, me and my wife were uh, taking advantage of the low interest rates. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Bills ain't cheap, you know what I mean? But uh, So we're, we're refinancing our home this Thursday, and I'm getting a little frustrated because the dude was supposed to be there around this time. It's showing up kind of late. And I know this takes some time, so the notary shows up so we can sign this paperwork, and he walks in through the door, and he's like this elderly man. Like, he's an old dude. And I'm like, all right, man, come on in. And the first thing he says is, hey, guys, man, I, <laughs> he said, I got to be in another place, and it's an hour away. Can we get through this quick? I'm like, dude, you showed up at my house late. Like, yeah, let's get this done, you know. So he's like, this is going to take about 45 minutes. So we got to sign all this paperwork, and I start thinking, man, if this guy's going to be in my home, I'm going to take this opportunity to share Jesus with him. I'm going to pray with him. I'm going to seize the moment. This should be easy. I mean, he's in my home, right? So we're signing all this paperwork, and we get to the last page. And on that last piece of paper, you have to sign what your last occupation was. And I've been doing this for a little bit, so I'm like, man, I, I got to get him to see it. So I put in big letters. I put pastor. <laughs> I'm thinking this is going to be easy. And so I hand him the paper, and he goes, you're a pastor? And me and Olivia are like, Yeah. He goes, well, that was easy. I'm kind of confused. And then he looks me in the eyes and it begins to tell me his story. And he said, three years ago, I was in a hospital bed surrounded by my friends and family and I died. I was dead for 20 minutes, but Jesus brought me back. He said, man, I was kind of a Christian before, but now my faith is different. He said, in fact, everything about me is different. He said, I died from the flu. And I had diabetes. I had some health problems. But when Jesus brought me back, I was completely healed of my diabetes. And so now every time I have this job and I go into people's homes, and every time I share my testimony, sometimes people want to hear it, sometimes they don't. But my testimony is all I got. So I share it every single day. Every single time I walk into somebody's home, guys, Jesus is still in the business of using people to reach people. It's 2,000 years later, and God is still believing if you're breathing, he's going to get you back. He's a miracle-working God. He's Emmanuel. And so if you're here today 
and you're saying, man, I'm, I'm kind of lost, I want you to know Jesus sees you. If you're here today and you're like, man, I'm carrying some hurt, something that happened to me as a little kid, and I'm still carrying, man, Jesus still wants to heal you. He still wants to take those things away. And I want you to know this. If you, if you can wrap your mind around this and if you can say, okay, Jesus is God, then that means, you know, it's not about the holiday parties. It's not about the Christmas gifts. It's not about the eggnog. It means that this Christmas I'm going to reflect on the incarnation that Jesus came down in the form of a little baby to die for me. If you can wrap your mind around that and you can believe what Joseph and James believe, then here's number two. You got to believe that Jesus is with us. You got to believe that Jesus is with us. And I love this part. This part comforts me. I pray that this comforts you. Yes, Jesus is the God that came to earth to get you back, but he's also the God that gets you. He's the God that saves you, but he's also the God that gets you, meaning he understands you and he sympathizes with you. This is huge. Jesus, when no one else understands you, he understands you and he loves you. Let me, let me try to put it this way, help you understand. Have you ever been through something in your life that was just awful? Like I'm talking about something traumatic in your life. Maybe, maybe it's divorce. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one. Maybe it was the loss of a child. Maybe it was a miscarriage. And somebody comes along with innocent intentions and they come along and they try to encourage you. They try to give you a little piece of advice, but instead of encouraging you, it just makes you angry. Because it almost came off like they belittled the situation, like it's just a part of life. And you're thinking, man, you don't know me. You don't know what it's like to be in my shoes. You haven't walked down the road. I walked down. The situation is not the same. You don't know. I want you to know that Jesus is different than that person because he does understand you. He sympathizes with you. He's a God who is with you through it all. Hebrews 4.15 says it like this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. What does that mean? It means he understands you. It means he sympathizes with you. He's not the God up above with his arms crossed saying, Hope they pray. Looks tricky down there. Hope they figure this one out. No, he's the God that's with you. So if you find yourself in a moment of desperation where your emotions are on by a thread and you're crying out to God and you're saying, God, do you see what's going on? My emotions are out of whack. Do you even hear my prayers? Are you going to come through? Are you involved in this scene in my life at all? you got to know, even though he feels absent, he's actually present. And even if you can't trace him, you can still trust him. And even if he's quiet, he's actually there because he's Emmanuel. And he's God with you through it all. And I think about this. It gives me comfort. It gives me peace that whenever I'm going through something difficult, I can know that God is with me, but the bigger picture of it all is, did you know there was actually a time in the Bible where people would cry out and they would feel lonely and they would feel like they were in a dark place, but yet there was no answer. 
there was a time in the Bible, and it was a dark period in the Bible. It was actually called the 400 years of silence. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It was a period of 400 years where God didn't speak to anybody. No new prophets were raised up. There was absolute silence. But God said, man, I can't just save them, but I have to go down there and be there with them. I got to be amongst them. I got to be alongside them, not just to save them, but I want to feel every emotion with them. But here's the thing. Here's what God did. He loves us so much that he broke his silence. He broke that 400 years of silence with the birth of Jesus. That was his promise that he would never be silent again. He would never be distant again because now he's Emmanuel, God with you. This is great news. And if I'm being real with you, I've kind of always, I always question like little things in the Bible, like what's the why behind it? Why did God send Jesus as like a baby? Why didn't he send him as a savior, like a full-grown man? Why did he send him in the form of like an innocent, helpless baby? Because he's a God that wants you to understand that he wants to walk the tough roads with you. He wants to be alongside you through every rough emotion. He wants you to know, man, I've felt what you have felt. I've gone through what you've gone through. I'm not the distant God. I am Emmanuel, the Lord amongst you and alongside you. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, man, I hear what you're saying, but God doesn't understand me. I would challenge you, if you really believe that, if you really think that, open up his word and begin reading. You'll find that Jesus has been through a lot of the same things I think you've been through. Did you know that when Jesus was in his mother's belly and Mary, they were riding on a donkey to Bethlehem, that they didn't have enough money to find a place to stay? In fact, when they got to Bethlehem, all the inns were full. And so they had to seek refuge in a barn, in a stable, amongst animals in the cold. You know what that tells me? It tells me that Jesus knows what it's like to be homeless. It tells me that Jesus knows a little bit about what you're going through. And so if you're here today and you're saying, man, nobody sees me. Nobody hears me. In fact, even when I come to church, I look around and I'm desperate. And I see all these people and it looks like everybody has their life together but not me. And I'm actually at the end of my rope right now. God sees you. He hears you. He feels you. He knows what you're going through. And this has been a rough year. I don't say that a lot, but 2020 has been a rough year. It's been awful for some of you. Some of you this year, you've been falsely accused. You know that happened to Jesus. He was falsely accused, and in fact, he was falsely imprisoned. Some of you, man, your marriages fell apart this year. So many marriages ended in divorce this year. Maybe a best friend betrayed you. Maybe you lost your job. You know, maybe your business got shut down and your business partner left you high and dry. I don't know what it is this morning. You could be the person saying, man, I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to worship. I'm trying to lift my hands, but it's difficult when there's a knife in your back. Jesus would tell you, man, I know what it feels like to be betrayed. I feel like if Jesus was here, he would tell you, man, I gave Judas three years of my life, and he sold me out. He, he traded me for 30 pieces of silver. I think he would tell you that I called, I called Peter out of the fishing boats and I gave him a new name, Peter the Rock. 
but it just took a rooster to crow three times in the presence of a little girl for him to deny me on three different times. I know what it feels like to be let down. I know what it feels like to be betrayed. I know what it feels like to, to feel alone. But ultimately, here's the best news of Christmas. That 33 years earlier, an angel came and said, Emmanuel is coming to forgive the sins of the world. And Jesus went to a cross and he died for your sins and my past, present, and future. He was thrown in a tomb. And three days later, he rose again. Why did he do it? He did it ultimately because he wanted you to understand that there's no limitation or challenge that will ever stop him from hearing the cries of his people and that he will be with us through every emotion and that if you're still breathing, he's still believing that there's gonna be life in you and that there's a call and a plan for your life. So if we take this moment, we focus on the incarnation that Jesus is God and Jesus is with us. Man, I hope that gives us hope today because 2020 has been a rough year. But I believe that there's more to come because Jesus is with us. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.